Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Alan Duncalf, pastor of Cross Church. Gloria and I are at a missionary reunion. Friends of ours uh, from Greece will be meeting with us. But this morning I am happy to have Taryn Ramsey filling in for me. Now, most of you know Taryn, but just in case you don't, Taryn is a graduate of Horizon Bible College and Seminary. She came to Cross Church as an intern back in 2006. After she married Brett, she came back to Cross Church to work with the youth and has filled a number of roles on staff. Whatever Taryn does, she does it with excellence. Taryn leads worship here and serves as our media director. Taryn is uh, occupied with two kids. She enjoys reading, good television, technology, and she is one of those rare people that loves to keep on learning. And may your heart be blessed and encouraged this morning as Taryn speaks on going forward in 2020 with a fresh start. God bless you as you look into the Word of God together. Oh, well, thank you for that lovely reception. That just strokes my ego a little bit, and that was a great introduction from Pastor Alan. So, as I said before, my name's Taryn, and I'm the media director here, and I just want to be open and honest with you as we, as we share this morning's message. Uh, how many of you are, like, completely over Christmas? Christmas is done. School starts tomorrow, right, parents? Yay! I thought that would get a bigger cheer. Anybody still have their tree up? A couple of you? Oh, man, I wouldn't admit that in public on January 5th. <laughs> oh, man, I, I had a great Christmas with my family. We traveled to my in-laws together. We let the kids stay up late. They ate whatever they wanted. We ate turkey leftovers, Christmas cooking, and Christmas baking and all the chocolates that you get for, as gifts from your friends. Like, I, I kind of overdid it this Christmas. But the new year is here and it's 2020, and man, it's just so exciting. Um, and as some of you might, some of the smarter people in the room might recognize this graphic, we used it last year. And do you want to know why? Every January series is essentially the same, right? We're talking about the new year and all the possibilities and how we can move forward. And we really love the theme last year. And by the way, you're welcome for us not being really punny and using a, a theme like 2020 vision. Because everybody and their dog's going to use that this year. And we just thought, well, let's not do the cliche thing. Let's talk about how we can move forward and pursue God in 2020. And uh, today it's my privilege to, uh, to speak to you about a fresh start. But first, I want to I want to tell you a little bit about me. I really like making New Year's resolutions. Like, usually December me is like in sweatpants when I'm not working or rehearsing or getting ready for a Christmas thing or shopping or going to Christmas parties. I'm in sweatpants. I'm exhausted. I'm eating too much. I'm out of routine because there's so much to do. But then when January comes, it's like this big wave of momentum. And every January, I make resolutions. Does anybody like that? Make goals, resolutions for the new year? Some of you are willing to admit that. Okay, so last, uh, last year in uh, being excited all about 2019, I made this file on my computer. I do this just about every year, and it's called Things I Want to Do in 2019. And uh, as, as a lot of you know, uh, New Year's resolutions don't often go well, and I thought it would be kind of humorous to share with you how I did uh, in the last year. Um, so how I did. First, I wanted to decorate every room in my house. We've been living in our house for oh, four and a half years now. And I kind of did okay. I think I got about two rooms, three rooms started. I'm really good at starting things. I'm not good at finishing things. 
Okay, I uh, also didn't, I didn't want to buy any new clothes. I wanted to try thrifting if I needed things. I wanted to wear the things that I had in my closet. I actually did pretty good with this one uh, until about August when I got really sick of my wardrobe and started shopping again. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to do? Oh, I wanted to, have, uh, I wanted to have good nutrition. I wanted to make good choices with my eating. I did not come even close to achieving that one, I'll tell you that much, because potato chips are the best thing in the world. Oh, someone else loves potato chips, too. The, the Miss Vicky's salt and malt vinegar chips. I cannot have those things in my house if I'm trying to eat well because it's like there's like a little beacon on them that, that's just calling, come and eat me, I'm delicious. Okay, what else? Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to work out four times a week. Uh, and if you don't know me, I have two kids, and I work part-time, and, you know, I do all the mom stuff. There was no way I was gonna, that was even going to happen. I didn't come close. Um, I wanted to stay on budget every month, every month, which I actually achieved that one. So one in the win column for me. I wanted to, you don't have to clap, that's just pity clapping. <clears throat> I wanted to go on a vacation. I did not do that. <laughs> and I wanted to read 10 books uh, just for enjoyment, not for like work or like trying to grow. I just wanted to get some leisurely reading in and I actually achieved that one. So. On the list of about seven things I listed there, I kind of did too. Yeah, and so my husband is the opposite of me, and he's not here this morning, so he can't defend himself. Um, he's like, why on earth would you make New Year's resolutions if you're just going to look back on the last year and go, well, I didn't do that? And, you know, he kind of has a point, but I like to ride that wave of momentum. And, hey, I got some of this stuff done on my list, and if I hadn't made those resolutions, I wouldn't have gotten any of that stuff done, right? Now here's the thing that I love the best about making resolutions every year is the blank page. Every year, it's, it's a new beginning. You can do all sorts of new things. I love a fresh start. I love a blank page. I love that blinking cursor when you have to write content or a sermon or come up with something or a blank calendar that you can fill with awesome events. And when the year turns over, that's essentially what we have on our hands. And so 2020, right now, like we're only five days into the year, which is great because most of us haven't messed up any of our resolutions yet, right? It's a blank page. All the optimism in the world is here. We are so excited for what the next 12 months is going to bring. And at the end of 2020, I want to be able to look back and go, oh, look at all these great things that we achieved. Um, and I think a, a lot of us do. I asked earlier, do you make resolutions? And some of you put up your hands, and some of you lied and kept your hands down. Uh, I did some internet research, and I found the top 10 failed New Year's resolutions. Do you want to hear them? Okay, because I think you guys can guess probably about like seven or eight of them. Okay, the number one thing is to lose weight and get fit, right? That was on my list last year. Didn't happen. Quit smoking, learn something new, Eat healthier and diet. That was on my list last year, too. Didn't happen. Uh, get out of debt and save money. Spend more time with family. Travel to new places. Be less stressed. Volunteer. And drink less. Now, you guys all know the stats because I know every January, Pastor Allen tells us all the stats, so I'll just remind you of them. About 45% of people will make New Year's resolutions, so close to the majority. 73% of those people will see no progress. It's like on January 1st, they will make their resolutions and then they have amnesia that night and they don't look back. 
Nothing changes. Only 8% of people actually achieve what they've resolved to do, which that statistic is really telling, right? It, it tells us that changing our habits and changing our life is incredibly hard, isn't it? Has anybody ever tried to like quit a bad habit or start like a really hard new habit? It's really difficult, isn't it? Okay, so experts have studied New Year's resolutions so much that they have actually figured it out all the way to the point where they know that by January 17th, most people will have given up on their resolutions. So mark your calendars because two Fridays from now, you can give up on your New Year's resolution. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my goodness. Um, I, think what, I think what we all know and what I'm trying to say is that resolutions really don't work. We need to start over again. Um, we need new habits, new systems, a new mindset, new goals, new everything. And the most exciting part about this time of year is that it runs in parallel so well with Christianity because Christianity uh, is one of the most exciting messages and it's the best sermon that I get to preach is because Christianity is all about a fresh start, having a second chance, starting all over again. So to those of you who maybe have no hope today, you've given up on New Year's resolutions, let me give you some hope this morning because the next 12 months are, is a blank blank page. We can do all sorts of things in the next year. So let's have a look at uh, what some scripture has to say about starting over. I've got a few verses for you. Isaiah, do not remember the things that have happened before. Do not think about the things of the past. See, I will do a new thing. It will begin happening now. The interesting thing about that, if you know your Bible history, and if you don't, let me give you a little lesson. Um, Isaiah was a prophet uh, who spoke to as God's voice to the people of Israel. Um, does anybody know how much the people of Israel messed up and had to start over and 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 over again? And this is the message that Isaiah brings to them from God. God will do a new thing. It will happen now. All right, next verse. 2 Corinthians 5. For if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone. New life has begun. All this comes from God. He is the one who brought us to himself when we hated him. He did this through Christ. Isn't that just so encouraging? Like I am very self-aware and I know that I mess up all the time. And it's just so nice to read that, like when you have all the stress to be perfect in your life and to get it right the first time every time. And it's just like, oh, God will fix it. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Let's look at another verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <sighs> I'm so glad that verse doesn't say, like, don't sin because if you sin, it's over. Yeah. Right? And that's how some of us are living our lives today, right? Like, oh, if I sin, it's all over. But it says if we confess those sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, let's look at uh, Philippians. This is going to be the verse I really focus on today. Uh, this is Paul speaking. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Okay, so uh, today we're going to talk about a two-point strategy for how we can move forward with a fresh start in 2020. How to, fresh st how to start fresh in 2020. Number one, let's forget what is behind. Oof, yes, amen. Because <laughs> the past is full of stuff that we don't want to think about, right? 
It is, yeah. Well, nobody ever really sets out to mess up, right? Like, nobody wants to be grossly overweight. Nobody wants to have a, a fear of a heart attack. No one sets out, okay, I, no one wakes up one morning and goes, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to become a drug addict today. Or I'm going to become an alcoholic today because, you know, I have nothing better to do. No one sets out to ruin their marriage, to stop talking to their spouse, to turn off the communication, or to become estranged from their kids. Um, no, nobody, especially me, plans for their house to turn into an episode of Hoarders, which sometimes, especially last month, my house definitely looked like that. No one intends to be backslidden or to feel distant from God, right? Nobody wakes up and goes, you know what, God, I'm going to take 10 steps back. It's all good. No, that doesn't, nobody intends to do that. But here we are, right? Beginning of a new year. Maybe you're disappointed with how last year went. And maybe you're thinking today, oh, I need a fresh start. Or, oh, I wish I could start over again. Well, I've got some good news for you. You can. It's not strike one, you're out, right? It's not, oh, if I sin once, God's going to kick me out. Christianity is all about the fact that we can begin again. So if you hear a voice in your head that says, you're a loser, or just give up, it's not worth the effort, ignore that voice and let's press ahead. I want to, um, I want to show you some things that I've found recently that have sort of changed my perspective about trying to be a perfectionist and trying to, to hit the goals in my life. Because I, I tend to be, I want to be perfect, I want to do things well. And, you know, I can be really hard on myself when I don't live up to those expectations. And this uh, phrase in particular, somebody posted it on Facebook. I think it was probably Don Davidson. So, Don, thank you. If, you don't, if you're not friends with Don on Facebook, you're really missing out because uh, he posts some really spectacular stuff. Um, when God placed a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. <laughs> right? It's not God placed a calling on your life and you got 20% right and then you screwed up and then he said, oh, okay, I need to find somebody else to do Deb's job because Deb is just messing it up too much. He already factored in that you're not going to, to measure up all the time. And I think that's, that's a really freeing statement for, it was for me, I hope it is for you because we mess up and we do stupid stuff. It's part of human nature, and God knows that about us already. You're not surprising God when you sin, and you're not, like, un unveiling some harsh secret when you confess your sins to God. It's not, oh, God, I messed up. I hope you forgive me. And God's up in heaven going, <gasps> I can't believe it. I can't believe that you would do that. Now, uh, I think the reason why some of us are hard on ourselves when we're trying to achieve things and, and get things in motion is because of this graph here. A lot of people think success looks like this. We start a goal, and then we slowly go all the way up and achieve. All right, tick the box off, and we're done. This is really what success looks like in life, right? It's messy, it's tangled, it has ups and downs. You know, there's no real clear line telling us how to, how to win, but um, I think we, we need to put this picture in our head because this is more accurate, right? Things are just messy. Life is messy. Even if you've, you've messed up in the past, 
it's okay, you can keep moving. And uh, the, the last slide I want to share with you before we move on is uh, this one. You only fail if you quit. So to have a fresh start today, just decide to keep moving. Um, like I was mentioning before, potato chips are the best food in the world. And, uh, you know, I, uh, not just because I want to be a certain weight, but because um, putting good food in your body is good fuel and it gives you energy. So, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of years just trying to, you know, eat better so that I feel better. And, you know, that's a thing. That's, that's an actual thing. If you eat better, you'll feel better. If you eat potato chips, you will feel like garbage. But they sure do taste good on the way down. Um, <laughs> So when I'm trying to eat well and I mess up my diet, does anybody else do this? You go, well, you know what? I already messed up once. I had the potato chips. Let's just throw some cupcakes in there and some chocolate chip cookies. And uh, I'm going to make dinner and I'm going to use uh, whipping cream and everything. And we'll add all the sugar and all the fat and all the carbs and, and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's just normal of us to do that, isn't it? We just pile it on. And... Uh, I, I, it's really funny because I was um, this this week on I think it was Wednesday. My husband and I were like, oh, let's sit down and do a puzzle tonight. We didn't feel like watching more TV. We wanted to do something a little more intellectual, so we did a puzzle. And the first night we did it, we finished about two thirds of it. The next day, my son, he's just about three. He'll be three in a couple of months. Decide to sit sit down at the table while I'm making dinner. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but three year olds aren't very good at puzzles. And uh, he tried to fit a piece in. It wasn't even the same color, and he's sitting there. I'm like, no, no, Leo, that doesn't, that doesn't work like that. And, and so I told him to put it down. He's like, okay. And I go to like check on something in the oven, and so I go over here, and the table's over there. And I go check something, and then I turn around, and in a matter of like two seconds, he has flipped the entire puzzle over. And he's crying, and I'm like really angry because we spent like three hours the night before working on it. And like I, God kind of spoke to me in this moment. He said, you know, that's what you do when you get frustrated. Instead of like being patient, like you just flip the whole puzzle over and say, ah, whatever. <laughs> Messing up is a part of the process. Tomorrow is a new day. Start fresh. And you only fail if you quit. So yes, you may have put on a few pounds, but you can start over, right? Your health might be poor, but you can turn it around by making good decisions in your next meal or deciding to go for a walk instead of sitting on the couch, which is what I like to do. Yes, you might, be, uh, you might have a more severe situation. You might be struggling with an addiction, but you can choose today to be your first day of sobriety, can't you? You only fail if you quit. Yes, your marriage might be hanging on by a thread and your kids aren't talking to you or maybe everybody's yelling at each other, but today you can decide to mend those relationships and work on getting back to health. Yes, your house might be a nightmare from Christmas, but you can always clean, right? Yes, you might feel far from God, but my Bible says that if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. You can always start fresh. So I, I tried when I was prepping in the sermon, tried to think about the thoughts that you were, because I know some of you are sitting there and you're arguing with me in your head because you don't have a microphone too, because otherwise we would just argue in person. Some of you are going, okay, we, we can have a fresh start, but are you telling me that 
I should really just forgive that person and let them get away with what they did to me? Do you know my story? Do you know how much I've struggled or, or how much sin is in my life or what's happened to me or, or that person that was awful to me? Do you really think that I should just do that and start over fresh? Like, is that really fair? Uh, and uh, the, the good Christian answer was, oh, yes, of course. But it's not as easy as that, right? Because if it was easy, then we all just would do it and we wouldn't have to talk about it, right? Um, I, I want to share a bit of my story with you. Like, I've been in ministry for about 13 years now. Ministry's a tough gig. It's really tough because you're trying to help people grow closer to Jesus. And some people are tough and some people say mean things to you in that process. And, oh man, I could sit you down for coffee and I am a good storyteller. I could tell you so many stories and tell you all about my feelings and, and put everything in the right details and I could put me as the hero in the story and the victim all at once. And you would say to me, you would say, oh, you know what, Taryn, it would be okay if you wanted to give up. And I'm sure there's a lot of you in this room too who have that story. You've got that reel running in your head. Yeah, I could tell you stories about what she did to me. He hurt me and my life fell apart and it wasn't fair and I was a victim of circumstance. And... I went through something in about three years ago. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about that because it's still personal. I'm still processing everything about that. But um, in the midst of that, someone said something to me that really, it almost immediately made me grow up. It immediately gave me a new perspective and it immediately gave me the courage to move forward. So despite my hurt feelings, and despite how I was feeling in the midst of an event, this one phrase um, really turned things around for me. Do you, wanna, do you guys want to know what it is? Yeah. God's word is greater than my feelings. Because that's what humans do, right? We put ourselves at the center of a story. We can say, I was the victim, or no, I'm the one that's right. And we're really good at convincing ourselves and the people around us. And then that becomes the narrative of our life. I am justified and right to be angry. I am justified and I am right to have ill feelings towards this person. And I am mad at my circumstances. But when you, when you put God's word in front of what your feelings are, man, that makes you grow up really fast. And my prayer for you this morning is if there's something that your feelings are getting the number one place in your life over, is that you would decide to put God's word above that. And God's word says that we need to press ahead, doesn't it? We need to forget what's behind and press forward. So, What if Paul had been paralyzed by his past? He was the one that wrote that, but forget what's behind, we press ahead to Jesus. Paul really had an, a lot of good excuses too. If Paul had just sort of stopped where he was in his ministry and had a pity party, you know, he faced a lot of stuff, prison and beatings, people opposed to him. You know, he could have just given that all up and gone back to his pretty sweet life as a Pharisee, couldn't he? But if he had done that, if, he's, if he had said, my feelings are more important than, than God's word or God's calling on my life, man, we would really have lost out, wouldn't we have? Because Paul wrote some amazing things in scripture. 
Um, forgetting what is behind, I think that's the next slide here. Yeah, forget what's behind. Okay, I think typically we've spent a lot of time about talking about the negative things in our past, but I'd like to encourage you as well to forget about the successes in your past too. How many of us have uh, had a great discussion with someone living in the old days, right? Oh man, back when I was in Bible college, life was so good. I got to play drums in a band. It was fantastic. I got married and then we did youth ministry and we just, you know, we love to talk about how great the good old days were. Or maybe you had some uh, past glories in high school or maybe when your kids were younger, maybe when you were skinnier. We're living on our first experiences with God. We're not looking ahead to what is to come, right? And the best is really what's yet to come. So my question for you is, what does God want you to do today? And I especially want to address some of our seniors in the room. I don't want to beat up on you guys because I love all of you. But I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anybody in this room say this, but I have heard this just in my years in ministry, that when, you know, oh, well, I'm retired now, and I'm just going to focus on me, and I don't need to serve in a church. My life's going to be all about me. I've worked hard enough. Maybe you're not a senior and you're thinking that already. I've already worked hard enough. I don't need to do anything. But does retiring from work mean retiring from God's plan for your life? I don't, I don't think you can ever retire from, from God's plan. So if, if you're trying to hit the brakes, can I encourage you? Ask God to hit the gas. Because if, if you're still breathing, God's got a plan for you. And this church needs everybody here. This church needs prayer warriors. We need mentors. We need spiritual grandparents. Do you know how troubled the, this generation coming up through high school is? Like, I, di I didn't have Facebook. We didn't have cell phones. And, you know, I was getting this speech when I was a teenager from people my age and older, too. Well, when I was in high school, blah, blah, blah. And, but some of the stress and the bullying and the pressure that teenagers have... Man, if you can be a mentor and pray for a teenage kid, do you know how much of a difference that would make in somebody's life? It doesn't matter how your physical body is doing. You can pray when you're in bed. You can pray when you're sitting on the couch. We need encouragers. We need worshipers. Like I said, if you're still breathing, God has a plan for you today. All right, the second part of how to start fresh in 2020 is to press on toward Christ. So my question for you today is, what do you need a fresh start with today? Is it your diet? Is it your healthy living? Your marriage? Money problems? Your walk with God? Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Sometimes we're condemning ourselves and God's going, no, there's no condemnation. God's calling you, just get back on track this year. We're only one Sunday in. You can do it. Get back on track. I think um, the secret of success to press forward is to ask God for his help. And uh, Paul knew, no one knew this better than Paul. And uh, he says, for if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. The secret is getting God's help. Um, let's look at what Jesus said in the book of Luke. And he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish, selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Some of us are just trying so hard to hold on to, to life right now. And God's saying, just give up your life. Give me your life and I will help you. And I think the reason why some of us are messing up so much in our lives, and again, no condemnation for me. I mess up all the time too. But we mess up when we're not daily walking with Jesus. Because Jesus is never going to lead us somewhere astray. Like you're not going to end up at the, at, in a bad scene in a movie where everything's gone wrong and go, oh, Jesus just told me to go this way. That's not how that works, is it? Jesus will never lead you astray. So for 2020, I'd like to challenge you and I'd like to invite you to ask God to help you with your fresh start. Uh, as many of you know, we are a Seven Habits Church. Yes, we're a Seven Habits Church. And uh, if you're new around here, I don't want to make you feel left out. Um, our church is working so incredibly hard to make it easy for you guys to be discipled. So we've come up with a framework. We don't consider this to be like canon or anything. But it is a framework that we've come up with to help teach you to be a serious Christian. And so it's called the Seven Habits of Serious Christ Followers. I won't go through them. They're on the wall out in the atrium if you want to check them out after, after the message is finished. Um, and for those of you who are rolling your eyes because we talk about this so much, um, can I just encourage you to focus on your daily walk with God, which is the first habit. Um, if, you're, if you're just achieving habit number one by opening your Bible, reading the thing, and checking it off, I don't know if I would call that success. I mean, if you're doing it, great, but can I call you into it deeper? Spend some time with God every day. I think the first thing in the morning is a great time to spend time with God. If you can wake up 10 minutes earlier, you don't have to spend three hours in scripture with, you know, systematic theology books that are 10 inches thick. I don't even do that. I, it's usually just a Bible and a pen and a journal, and you just... If, if you don't know what to read, you can get an app called YouVersion. There's tons of reading plans. If you want to read through the whole Bible or if you want to do a topic or character study or, or whatever, get in the Bible. And before you start reading, just say, God, teach me what you, want, what you want to teach me. We don't have to make it any more intense than that. But start spending time with God and asking him. Invite him into your life. Say, God, this is my life that I'm trying to live for you. Help me to, to move forward and to become more like you. And you can even pray little prayers along the way. Help me, Lord. Help me make right choices. Help me see people as you see them. Help me to love that really unlovely person. Help me to remove the distraction, distractions that occupy my time that I should be spending with you. Oof, if you pray that, man, get ready. Help me with my unbelief. Some of you are sitting this morning, here this morning and you're, you don't even know if you believe what we're talking about anymore. That's okay. God's not scared of you having doubts, by the way. Nothing that you could ever think or say to God would ever surprise him. So if you're having doubts this morning, tell God. Say, God, I am really doubting you today. Help me with my unbelief. Help me to become the person you want me to be so I can fulfill your will. Help me achieve my goals. Put a dream in my heart. Help me to take the next step, God. Well, our time is just about up, and I have two more things that I want to say to you. What are we going to do with this good news about starting over? We need to act today. 
Don't let your past get in the way of starting over. Don't let your fears get in the way of making progress. Don't let your pain give you an excuse to give up. Crack open that Bible and start praying those things. God, I don't believe. Help me believe. God, I am stuck in this relationship right now. God, I have so much money problems, I can't think about anything else. God, I need your help. And pray those honest prayers this year and see what God will do. The second thing, first thing you need to do is take action. The second thing you need to do is to tell somebody. 60% of people surveyed said they'd prefer to keep their resolutions to themselves with many concerned that um, if friends or family found out, they would try and tempt them back into their old ways, which, you know, it's kind of a flimsy excuse. But telling somebody what your fresh start is this year can really help put it on paper. It can help keep you accountable. And uh, I believe this so much. I even made a, a post that's going to go up on Facebook this afternoon. It just says, my fresh start is, and you can comment on it if you're on Facebook. You can say, this is what my fresh start is this year. Can I encourage you? This, is, this could be the best year ever. God's best is still yet to come. It's not in the past. The mistakes that, that we've been struggling with and living through and the baggage that we're bringing into this year can all be given to God. God is capable of fixing anything. There is no problem that is too big for God. So my prayer for you in this new year in 2020 is that you would start fresh. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, let's stand. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for new beginnings. You are the creator of new beginnings, God. And some of us this morning desperately need a fresh start this year. Some of us have baggage that is so heavy we can't even carry it anymore, Lord. Would you help us just give that all over to you to forget what is behind and to press forward into Jesus Christ, Lord? Can you help us make this the best year ever? God, we love you, and we know that every day isn't sunshine and rainbows, and sometimes it's, it's a struggle. So just help those of us who are struggling this morning. And God, may this be the best year yet. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.